I'm more worried about Japanese men. <laughs> Poor fella is like my girlfriend ref me for gorilla. <laughs> Douglas Slim and Juanita, the podcast. Okay, so what did you eat recently? See, the thing is, as breakfast announces, yeah. we don't get to go out and eat that often anymore. Yes, correct. Prior to this, I was a freelancer. I can go out to eat dinner anytime I want, but now it's so precious to be able to go out only on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, because most nights we're at home, we get in bed by like 8.30. Yeah, we're like school children. Yeah. <laughs> Worse. <laughs> so I was really looking forward to going out on Friday night, uh, last Friday night, yeah. to eat some mussels. Mm-hmm. I really like uh, these Belgian mussels. Yeah. The black colour ones. Uh. Okay. So there's this place that sells pretty good mussels at KLCC. I've eaten there two, three times before. Right. It is never disappointed. Uh-huh. So you go there, it's, there's place for us. We sit down, very excited, my wife and myself. You know, Then we started uh, with uh, the garlic and mushroom uh, tapas first. Right. Oh, very good. Set the tone. Delicious. Okay, it's like stuffed mushrooms, is it? Uh, no, it's chopped mushrooms. Chopped oh. mushrooms and stir fried with the garlic. Oh, I'm nice. a big garlic fan also, my right? Right. So after that, then the lamb came. You know, Let's just Ooh. do tease the appetite a bit. You know what I'm saying? Nice. The lamb cutlet, beautiful. And then the pot of mussels came. I saw it. The moment it arrived though, Anita, I could sense something was wrong. Oh no. Because the pot wasn't as hot as it used to be. So okay. I th- I'm thinking maybe they left it in the counter for a while. You know? All right. So I opened the pot. Yeah, okay. I don't see that much steam coming up. Uh-huh. And then I looked in the muscles and then like the uh, muscle punya shell, uh-huh. uh, a lot of it was cracked and it was very brittle. Right. I, I think there's a sign for something. I'm not sure what. but It's not it's, fresh. La. Something was wrong la, because this usually does not happen. Yeah, correct. So I take one muscle and I eat at the The texture la. It was like soft And it was sandy A little bit So I called the guy I said Hey can you please Take this away Replace it I cannot eat this pot So he said Okay immediately I'll do it So he went Then after about 15 minutes He Mm -hmm. came With another pot of muscles But this time it was in a tapau What? Yeah So I'm like What is this? He said No you said take away I said no (laughs) No I said take The the previous pot away I don't want (laughs) Replace it He was like Oh so you want to eat here I said yes I want to eat here (laughs) I'm really looking forward To this man Come on so he puts it back into a pot. Yeah. Again, lah, cannot. It was sandy and uh, the taste of brine was very strong. Right. So eventually, I just paid. I told the guy, I said, I'm sorry, I can't eat these mussels. It was quite bad today, but I paid and I left. Lah. You paid? Uh? I wouldn't have paid, man, if the food was bad. What if I got food poisoning from that? Well, no, it's my policy. Lah. My policy is like, you watch my comedy show. You pay uh-huh. 70 bucks to watch my show. If you don't laugh, uh, I'm not refunding the money. You know? Yeah, but I'm not going to get physically sick at your comedy show. Have you been to Jason Leong's comedy show? <laughs> <laughs> that was so uncalled for. Fly FM. So we're talking about bad restaurant experiences. Because we take these things very seriously now that we can't just go for dinners, you know, every other day. Yeah, we, we have to be very disciplined about this. We have to save our dinners and it must be special when we go out to eat. Yeah, we can only go out on the weekends now. But Douglas was telling me how he had bad muscles mm. over the weekend. It reminded me of when I went out for dinner. Now, you paid for your bill. Because, I, no, because I, I ate a bit. They cooked it. You know, it was presented. So my policy is, look, you just pay for it. You tell them, it's not good. Huh? Yeah. Please improve, but I'll pay for it and I'll leave. But you, you don't pay. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's up to the rest restaurant to tell you I think it's a nice thing to do to what tell happened you you actually? don't have to pay so um, my family and I went for ribs oh like barbecue ribs yeah like proper barbecue ribs do you like them like very soft that they fall off the bone yes I do oh I see you want those lah why no, because I prefer them a bit chewy like, I don't what? like it to be too soft like, I have teeth lah I'm not like super old where, <laughs> where I got no teeth left when I, if I got teeth I want to chew something like, I like them a bit more chewy okay do you uh, prefer beef ribs or lamb ribs 
I prefer the other one that we got mentioned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one? Okay, let's not talk about that. Yeah, so we sat down. We waited like a good 45 minutes for the food. So when the food came, we were like really hungry, oh. you know. Really can't wait to get into it. Yeah. It smelled amazing. But when we started eating, something tasted really off with Alamak. the meat. So of course, you know, we called the manager to tell him we were really disappointed. But to our surprise, he immediately said, Oh, I'm so sorry for what, you know, for this. <laughs> Did he check the meat or not? Did he like smell it or something? He didn't. He just said, oh, I'm so sorry. You know what? We'll get you a fresh plate. Huh. Um, you don't even have to pay for this. And then on top of that, he gave us a really good discount on the entire bill. He, so just, believed, nice. he just believed what you said? Yeah. He didn't correct. bother checking? No, he didn't. I should have just said everything was off, right? And we get the whole thing for free. <laughs> oh, so evil, man. No, but did you at least go back to the restaurant? No, he said it was so nice to you. Yeah, we tried to, but they closed down. <laughs> So we okay, couldn't. I'm just guessing here, yeah. but they probably closed down because of you and your diva attitude. <laughs> they offered a discount. You should have just said, okay, never mind. You know, times are tough. We will pay. But you know, their margins are already so thin. I don't know, man, Wanita. <laughs> if I ever open a restaurant, I'll ban you from coming. <laughs> Fly FM. So we might be getting a high-speed rail from KL to Bangkok. Yeah, nice. Uh. Hopefully, they build a track straight and not Bangkok, Bangkok. <laughs> Do, do. So our PM went to meet with the Thai counterpart And one of the things they discussed and agreed on Was that we do need a high speed rail Between Kuala Lumpur and Bangkok I 100% agree It would be so dang cool Yes, me too And I hope this one at least becomes a reality Because remember not Was it 4 years or 5 years ago We were all very excited Because there was going to be a high speed rail From Malaysia to Singapore Oh yeah Remember that And mm-hmm. then of course there was a change in government And then they couldn't agree to certain things And I think it was scrapped Singaporeans were so upset yeah, yeah. Because they thought they could finally get good cheap food from Malaysia. That no, <laughs> cannot. You stay there and you eat your twenty five dollars Singapore chicken rice. Yeah, we don't want you. But we do want Bangkok. <laughs> but I like to talk about easy access between countries. There have also been rumors um, about a train from China that will go through Thailand and then come back to Malaysia. Yeah, I think that plan is still on track. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, many puns. I think we are still discussing that. Yeah. But before we talk about a Pan China railway, uh-huh. maybe we can have a smaller one. Uh, just. Uh, ASEAN one uh-huh. Around the ASEAN countries We call it the ASEAN Express Oh, uh, I like that Like from Malaysia You take the train, right? Then uh-huh. you go to Thailand Then you uh, lepak a bit Then you can go to Myanmar no, Then you go, you go through to Laos Go to Cambodia Go to the Philippines Then Vietnam well, Go best. to Brunei Like under the water Go to Brunei <laughs> Go to Indonesia <laughs> And finally return back to Malaysia that Yeah, I think the whole cool. journey Will take maybe a month yeah. But it will still be cheaper Than spending one day in Singapore <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Fly FM. So day trips from KL to Bangkok might be a norm very soon because <laughs> they might be building a high speed rail. Yeah. It's gonna be way better than driving, lah. Okay, because now day trips have to be like what from here to maybe Penang or from KL to Charating, yeah. which is the trip that I did. Once you you went on a day trip to Charating. Yeah, I went with a friend. Really? Yeah, because knowing your scatter brain, what actually <laughs> happened is probably you left something in Charating and wanted to go and pick it up, but then you don't want to travel alone, so you bluff your friend, say, "Hey, let's do a day trip to the beach in Charating." <laughs> no, okay, I really wanted to go to the beach that day. Okay. It was like the beginning of the year, so we weren't really doing much. Still right. kind of on holiday, right? So woke up about six thirty in the morning. Oh, Message sh- him is my college friend and say, "Hey, Joma, go beach." She's like, "Okay." Ons. So I went to pick him up from KL We drove to Chirating It was nice We spent a day on the beach right. Lying in the hammock And then on the way back We left the after dinner at about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Why? Very Why? dark. You know, the roads from Chirating coming back to yeah. KL. 
It actually it was. Wait, let me play the Twilight Zone uh, audio. So it's a bit freaky. So it was dark, right? Two lane road, no lights. And then I noticed on my petrol meter we were empty. So we had to go off road into a little kampong area, right? Looking for a petrol station. Right. We found a couple of petrol stations, but they were all closed. Lights were on, but nobody was there. And then suddenly we look at the clock. And two hours had passed. There's no way that I was driving on an empty fuel tank for two hours, right? So our theory was that we went into a twilight zone and then came back out. Yeah, or maybe, just maybe lah, mm-hmm. the clock on your car was broken. <laughs> People like to blame the supernatural one. No? Remember, <laughs> remember there was one fellow who said he was chatting online, then suddenly this girl spooked him with some supernatural powers. Next thing you know, he blacked out. Then what? when he awoke, right, the girl had X-rated photos of him want to blackmail him all hey please lah gatal say gatal lah supernatural fly FM Japan just opened its first nasi kanda restaurant and it's so popular it's always sold out how not to sell out in Japan one sumo fella go there and he can eat the whole restaurant <laughs> right so this genius guy Tateda he opened it because he visited Malaysia oh. went to Penang fell in love with nasi kanda so he decided to open one himself in Japan hmm. this would have been perfect when I travelled to Japan man I mean everything was good but after three days I really wanted my curry Japanese got curry isn't it I've seen in the menu before they got the chicken katsu curry with yeah. the peas and stuff but come on like, you can't compare that to proper Indian curry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this reminds me of a very famous restaurant in London it was a Malaysian restaurant uh-huh. uh, that served authentic Malaysian food so a lot yeah. of the Malaysians who were studying there working there yeah. would go to this restaurant always sold out one right. and had, had things like the durian ice cream oh, and stuff proper. like that asam laksa proper la. oh best uh, it was so authentic yeah. uh, that it was closed down for health and safety reasons <laughs> Because there they are quite strict. Yeah. So apparently the authorities uh, went and checked the place out. Yeah. So there were many violations, la, uh, cleanliness issues and stuff. And ap- apparently they found a British mouse <laughs> <laughs> swimming in the sweet and sour sauce. Oh no! Bought outside. But why need to close down? Have you not been to the nasi kanda places in Penang? <laughs> they have like ginormous rats. We don't mind it. <laughs> What well, the rat is lining up with us for nasi kanda. Yeah. <laughs> we are fine. But anyway, congratulations, Taneda. Is it what's his name? Tateda. I wish you continued success. Hey, Wanita, you know, what? if nasi kanda becomes super popular in Japan, uh-huh. it's only a matter of time until it appears in Japanese pop culture. Ooh. How cool is that, right? Now, the Ultraman will be fighting a giant udang gala. <laughs> <laughs> and Doraemon will be there, put his hands in his uh, what magic pouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Nobita, like, ah, pegang apa tu, Doraemon? He'll be like, <laughs> that is kind of disturbing about it. Fly FM. So Nasi Kanda Place just opened up in Japan and we're wondering, have you ever eaten Malaysian food overseas and was it legit? So Amar, what is your story? I work for the tourism board, right? And oh. so once I was invited to Helsinki. Right? To so where? To where? Helsinki. Is that what Finland, right? Correct. And it was my first time going. First ever time going. So being a typical Malaysian, right? you're like, okay, like, we're going to go there, we're going to try all the food, we're going to mask and all that. It's typical, right? Anyway, the first thing on our mind the first thing on our mind not about history not about culture always the food so I was like okay right a super long flight went all the way to Finland right I saw a dreaming like dreaming I was like okay there's a pickle herring there's a Nordic family all this 
traditional Finnish food. Uh, this is research all. I did my research. I work on the tourism board. I have to do research. So you know, I arrived there and it was super cold. And then straight away, someone asked me, okay, come, 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 sir, sir, come, come, come. We're going to the embassy, you know. So I thought, okay, we're going to the embassy. We're in Finland. We're going to have some traditional food. lah. I reached there, super excited, and guess what? There was traditional food there. Mee goreng. Oh. Malaysian mama traditional food lah. I'm like, ah, you have mee goreng lah. Uh. Oh, <laughs> I hope, hey, but did you eventually get to eat the the finished food or not? Yeah, I got to eat the finished food, but I got to say lah, mee goreng still better lah. <laughs> It's because Malaysian spice is life. My friend Jen Han has this epic line, right? He yeah. says like, most people eat to live, but yeah. Malaysians, we live to eat. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Fly FM. So our PM says that government officials must only use Bahasa Malaysia when speaking at official functions abroad. Wow. <laughs> no, but if you're speaking Bahasa Malaysia in a country that doesn't understand uh-huh. Bahasa Malaysia, don't care whether official function or unofficial function, the function won't function, am I? <laughs> yes, you are. But no, the BM is saying that with the current technology where, you know, languages can be translated in real time without any delay, we should be proud of our national language. No, I agree with you. Being proud uh-huh. of national language is one thing and I'm sure the translations do work very, very well. But it also feels nice, right, when we see Matsale or like foreigners come to our country yeah. and they speak in Malay. Yeah. You know, it's very cute to see. It's very friendly. That's true. Like uh, when Chris Hemsworth spoke in Malay, right? And we all got excited about that. Hi, Chris. Apa Bike, bike, Sajah. Okay. Nama saya Chris. Yeah. All right. Satu, dua, tiga, empat, lima, enam, tujuh, sembilan, no. Lapan. Lapan. is eight. Dalapan, sembilan, sepuluh. Sembilan, sepuluh. Yeah. Great. Bagaimana cuaca hari ini? He, he was actually speaking in Indonesian. Oh, wow. Um, he, he's quite fluent in Bahasa Indonesia. But do you know why a lot of Australians actually know Bahasa Indonesia? Because they like to go to Bali? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> because they do offer other foreign languages in schools in uh, Australia, right? They right. offer French, uh, Spanish and all this. Uh-huh. But the government actually did a big think about this. And went yeah. like, what are the odds that the, Australian, the regular Australian is going to go to France or Spain? <laughs> They're more likely going to go to Bali. So right? might as well teach them Bahasa Indonesia. Right, so they can go there, rent a bike. I can maybe order a nice cold drink. Correct. <laughs> so as I say, it's one thing to be proud of your language, but it's uh-huh. also another thing to be understood. Lah. Right. Because there are some Malay words, right, that mean different things in other languages. For example, if you go to Hong Kong yeah. and you say the word like, no, sifat, 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 sifat. <laughs> <laughs> Correct or not? Because in right. Cantonese, sifat means backside. So right. they'll be like, what are you saying? Or if you go to UK, yeah. you go to UK and you're like, fakta, fakta, sejarah, dan fakta, fakta, scientific. The English should be like, did he just swear? <laughs> oh no! Fly FM. English class with Mina Saleh. Good morning, class. How are you today? All right. As always, you are meant to create a sentence using a word, and the word of the day is canister, which means a metal container for storing dry foods and other items. All right, Katija, create a sentence using the word canister. I keep all my duet raya in a canister. Yes, very good. Okay, Ladu, create a sentence using the word canister. I got one friend from Pakistan, his name Amjad. Then he came here, we were going walking, walking. Suddenly, he panicked, you know. He panicked, he shouted, he said, pipe bomb, pipe bomb. Oh, I, got, I watched a MacGyver, the story, the masala full of MacGyver. MacGyver. Do, uh, yeah, so uh, I said, uh, no, you just cut the green wire and the bomb will not explode, no. Okay, so, okay, Ladu, Ladu, just create a sentence using the word canister, please. Please. Turns out it was just a canister that somebody left there. Yes, thank you, Ladu. All right, 
Asin create a sentence using the word canister. Uh, my friend's religion are very weird. He cannot Christmas, uh-huh. but canister. No, Asin. Fly FM. So India is going to use facial recognition to conduct. They are monkey survey. Well, serious. I need to use facial recognition. <laughs> Look, I'm not an animal scientist or whatever, but even uh-huh. I can tell the difference between a monkey and a hairy guy. Come on. <laughs> I don't. I've dated way too many monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. So Delhi has a monkey problem, right? And they're using facial recognition so they can survey how many monkeys are in an area. They need it so they don't count the same monkey right. twice. Get it? So this way they know which parts have a higher population of monkeys and whatnot. But facial recognition is still a bit wonky, even for humans. <laughs> like true. my phone, yeah. For whatever reason, right, cannot uh-huh. seem to recognize me in the morning. Like, <laughs> I put it near my face, right? They refuse to open one. No. Maybe you just look really bad in the morning. <laughs> Your phone is saying, "Please look presentable before using me." It's a smartphone, <laughs> not a smart Alec phone. Okay. No, but seriously, especially with the pandemic, right? We're yeah. all masked up. The f- most phones cannot recognize us with our mask on. Oh yeah. But this monkey problem in Delhi, they've always had it, or is this a new thing? Um, it is a new thing because there was a monkey infestation because of COVID. So you know, less human traffics mean less human traffic mean the monkeys were freer to roam. Right, right, right. So maybe when they get all this data right from their facial recognition app, uh-huh. they can create something called WhatsApp. <laughs> 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 but seriously, <laughs> I I really don't think facial recognition is going to work for monkeys. Yeah, because they all look the same. Can you not be so racist? Okay, it's not racist. What are you? You're being apist. Whatever it is. <laughs> okay, they don't look all the same. Now, the reason why I say facial recognition does not work yeah. is because they are monkeys. Uh-huh. They are experts in monkey face. You know monkey face, right? <laughs> when the fellow will pull his cheeks white, white, and he will pull his lip and cover his face or he'll expose the gums. One monkey can do 12 faces. All the best. Fly FM. So we were talking about the monkey infestation in India mm. and to help curb the problem they're using facial recognition but it got me thinking about this gorilla in Japan its name is Shabani have you heard about it no right so in case you didn't know uh, like that Shabani is known as the most handsome gorilla in the world what <laughs> I find this incredibly strange though. If you Google Shabani, you'll see all the articles calling him handsome, sexy, <laughs> metrosexual. He does look quite photogenic, not gonna lie. He always looks like he's in deep thought in all the pictures. I look like I'm in deep thought in all my pictures. Are <laughs> you really comparing yourself to a gorilla just so you can be praised for your looks? I will compare myself to a lump of mud just to get <laughs> praised. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously though, the Shabani is next level. When mm. the news came out, it was compared to George Clooney, Hugh Jackman, and Hundreds of women actually went to see it in Japan. Um, they were like crowding around his enclosure, <laughs> screaming to get his attention. Look at me, Shabani, this way, Shabani. I guess they're literally going ape sh- poop over <laughs> this gorilla. Yeah, it's quite disturbing. So some of the comments on social media are absolute stud. Not gonna lie, mm. dad bought for the win. He makes me feel some kind of way. He's yeah. just charming. Yeah, it is. Why don't just feature him on GQ lah? Then you know, Gorilla <laughs> Quarterly. <laughs> Then he gets super famous. He gets free bananas everywhere he goes. Maybe guys will take his picture into the barber shop and be like, "Hey, make my hair look like this guy." <laughs> I guess like how we say, you know, some dogs are handsome. Yeah. We're saying this gorilla is handsome, but for Japanese women to go gaga over him is a little bit weird. Sorry, I got no time uh, to worry about Japanese women because if they are going gaga over a gorilla, yeah. I'm more worried about Japanese men. <laughs> Poor fellow is like my girlfriend ref me for gorilla. <laughs> 
Fly FM. So people are anonymously sharing their salaries on this Instagram account, so other people can find better paying jobs. I kind of love it. Hey, don't just share on IG lah. Share with me also. I don't mind some extra cash. You are so all about you again. Now this Instagram page is listen very closely at Malaysian Pay Gap. It went from three thousand members to almost a hundred thousand members in wow. just a few days because it really is so helpful. People have been sharing their stories about being underpaid, but also about being paid their fair share. Ah, the sweet smell of people power. Yeah. So now the corporations cannot simply bully us. Yeah. So for example, if you're an engineer, you could post up your salary so other engineers can see what the market value right, is right. like. So here are some posts on the page. Right. A private tutor working for five years in Penang, mm-hmm. degree in chemical engineering, is only 29 years old, but is being paid 27,000 ringgit a month. What? 27,000 a month. Uh. Yeah. That's a lot of money, way. Eh? Yeah, but he also said that he is working seven days a week and eight to nine hours a day. Okay, like literally right. non-stop. La. Correct. But, but no, about 27,000 ringgit a month. I mm-hmm. guess that's pretty good motivation for him to do it. La. Yeah, here's another one. A veterinarian in Selangor KL, 28 years old with two years experience. Um, only 3,100 a month after EPF and SOXO. Oh, after EPF and SOXO. So 3.1k clean. La. Yeah, and they also put some extra info here. They said that they haven't had a pay rise since he or she started working. Right, but veterinarians need to be a like, label of love one, right? Yeah, but I'm also wondering how come sometimes I go to the vet and it's so expensive? So, I don't know why. <laughs> Where is the money going? Wanita <laughs> <laughs> hmm. is going to do some investigative journalism after this. Here's the last one, okay? Early childhood educator, 24 years old, working for one year and the pay is only 1,700 ringgit per month. That's not enough to have to deal with kids every day, man. This is what I call labor of love. <laughs> I think having all the information out there is very beneficial, mm-hmm. but it may not work for everyone, like not for entertainers, because most of us entertainers, we are freelance. Yes. So we have to actively hunt for jobs and try and sell our services. Mm-hmm. So if Harith Iskandar were to post up, uh, hi, I'm Harith Iskandar, I make X amount for an MC job, mm-hmm. I bet you 10 jokers would be like, I am much cheaper. <laughs> Please use me. Don't use Harith. Yeah, that was my worry with our job as well, mm. because it's highly competitive, right? So I guess it won't work for all industries. Hey, I see there's one more entry here. Uh, uh-huh. Chinese, 44 years old, <laughs> radio announcer, under salary, just says not enough. <laughs> uh. Hey, Pietro, are you listening? Uh? Douglas, if you're not being paid enough, I'm definitely not being paid enough, okay? I have to put up with you every day. Fly FM. A lot of Malaysians are loving this new Instagram page. It's called at Malaysian Pay Gap and people are sharing what their salaries are so they can help other people ask for the right amount. So we got a few voice notes from you telling us what your thoughts are. This page made me realise how underpaid I am. I managed to negotiate for a higher pay thanks to this IG page. Honestly, I just scroll through and get sad about how little I'm making. <laughs> so <laughs> But some of these entries, right, I'm yeah. reading them. Uh, I don't know whether it's real or not. Some just appear to be weird flexes. Oh. Like you see this fellow here, right? He says he's a consultant surgeon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, quite experienced, uh. 200k a month can believe or cannot believe <laughs> I mean seriously 200k a month what are you operating you're operating the bank account is it hey 200k a month uh, is CEO level already you know? yeah man yeah, why what are next? you there yeah someone's gonna buy you a 10 million dollar house in London is it why <laughs> FM okay Douglas question why do men always think that standing and staring at the problem always solves it. Uh, yeah, I don't think you want an answer from me. <laughs> I think you just want to rant. <laughs> yes, it's time for... 
Rent a space, rent a space, a space where you can rent away. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so, I went out with this guy friend once, right? And he was being so unnecessarily macho. You know what I mean, right? Toxic masculinity. Now, first of all, I was the one who went and picked him up in my car. But, ooh, he insisted on driving, right? I'm like, okay, lah, fine. You know, you think you're better with cars than I am? Whatever, lah. I'll let you be the man, okay? Then, he starts complaining about my carburetor, lah. My wipers not clean, lah. And he says, from the sound of your engine, lah, that he can tell that it needs to be serviced. I'm like, hello, I just serviced it. La. But of course, I didn't say it. La, right? I'm just thinking this in my head. <laughs> then, during the drive, tough luck, la, right? My car tire popped. Turned out it went over a nail because of his perfect driving. <laughs> right? So we had to pull over, change it. <laughs> this fella came out like a hero and I thought, okay, la, fine. You know, he said he's so great with cars. <laughs> so I opened the boot, you know, tried to help him out, took out the tools, laid it next to the tire, waiting for him to do it. And guess what? He stood there, stared at the tire. <laughs> I waited. I waited a good five seconds. I'm like, what on earth is this fella thinking? Like maybe he's, you know, like trying to calm himself down or what? I waited a good five seconds and I asked him, what are you doing? And then he has the nerve to turn to me and say, do you know how to change tires? <laughs> What an idiot, right? So there I am. I have to go on YouTube, watch a video, take out all the stuff properly from the boot, change the tire. I'm standing on this, like that metal thing, right? Trying to unscrew the tire, jumping on it. And then at the end, I got inside the driver's seat, kept quiet, and there he is sweating, had to take out the t-shirt, like as if he changed the tire. Like, what on earth is this guy's problem? <sighs> so yeah, that's my rant. Well done. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should do this more often. I like sitting here and listening to you and laughing. <laughs> I had a good time. And that's all that matters. Rent a space. Rent a space. A space where you can rent away. Fly FM. So yesterday, Uncle Alfred was in the studio with us performing. I found love. Now, Uncle Alfred is a 72-year-old visually impaired musician who has been a professional singer for over 40 years. He's known for singing and playing his guitar to classic oldies from like Elvis Presley to Cliff Richard, all my dad's favorites, and even performed at Asia's Got Talent in 2017. Tell me when will you be mine? Performing live, but due to the pandemic, his career has been hit pretty hard and jobs have been difficult to come by. But here's a little backstory about Uncle Alfred, right? He has been visually impaired since he was three years old, but he never let that stop him. I actually know Uncle Alfred from a long time ago. He was also a radio announcer. Right. He had a weekend show. Uh-huh. But that's the thing about uh, Uncle Alfred, la. he doesn't take things lying down. He knows the odds are heavily stacked against him, yeah. but he goes and he fights and he takes it one step at a time. Correct. So even though jobs were scarce during the pandemic, right? He started busking to make his income but as we know we were all at home during this time so it came with difficulties because he was not making enough to make ends meet he had to depend on his wife Rufina's salary who works as a part-time nurse and we read an article that talked about how Uncle Alfred has been struggling to do shows again and even tried to post his songs on a social karaoke app called We Sing but even though he recorded and posted over get this 900 songs songs. yeah still wasn't able to bring him any income Mm. and he said that he wished he was able to do live shows online but he and his 
wife are not tech savvy enough to know how to make it work. Don't worry, Uncle Alfred. I'm also not tech savvy like you. <laughs> yeah, but when we read this, we thought, you know what? Great idea is we could send our social team or set our social team up to help Uncle Alfred set up his TikTok and Instagram accounts so he would be able to post his videos online and get to share his music to everyone while also being able to get an income. So we're going to update you as we go along on his digital journey and his progress. In the meantime, if you would like to send him a donation, you can go to our social media page to find his bank account details. We are at FlyFM958. He's also performing live uh, somewhere soon, right? Yeah, correct. Today, actually, at V's Lounge at 8pm. It's his first public performance in two years, so do go check him out if you can. Uh, Go support Uncle Alfred. Admission is totally free. This is the Douglas Lim and Juanita podcast. Hang out with them weekday mornings from 6 to 10am on Fly FM.